Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. And we're back. Another episode. Hey, Kevin. What is up, Teresa? You know, it's it's the... Oh, you know what I've been meaning to tell you? I totally forgot. Um Somebody on my Instagram page, I got to look her up because it was adorable that she, she put this. I think it was Instagram. No, it was LinkedIn. I'm sorry. It was on LinkedIn. She <laughs> said that she had heard the podcast and the part about Griffin falling down was funny. Oh, so, tell you, you that, that, we could do this for years and that would remain a classic. I'm telling you. That's awesome. <laughs> so for those of you who, are, who have no idea what I'm talking about, I think it was the second or third yeah. episode that we did. We were in the middle of it, and my dog fell off the couch in the middle of the episode, and there was a you know a big scuttlebutt and all that kind of stuff. But um, this person reached out to me and said, oh, that was so authentic, and I thought, it really was. <laughs> yeah. We do do this live, you know, absolutely. So, <laughs> you can't get more authentic <laughs> than the dog falling no, off the back of the... Uh... <laughs> So, but but you know, if you we always, <clears throat> for those of you who are are maybe new to the podcast, you know, Kevin and I have been been talking to each other for a long time. We've been traveling on the road together and all of that. And when we started doing this podcast, it was kind of like, oh uh, well, you know, people always say they want to be a fly on the wall. And then and then I think more and more as we start talking, we're kind of like, who's going to listen to us talk? <laughs> <laughs> people start to regret that decision, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like people actually enjoy listening to us talk, and I think just having the uh, the dog fall down was just <laughs> oh, yeah. well, was just and uh, and the fact that no animals were hurt in the production of this podcast, of you know, course so, uh, not. It's all good. <laughs> of course not. So, um, but yeah, I'll have to find her name because I, I did. I started, and I was like, oh, I've got to call her out because that was just hilarious. So, okay, let's uh, let's move on. There, you just I just caught you on Facebook. What are you doing on Facebook? You just went live for something. Yeah, I did. About it. Uh, you know, so we're we're taping this uh, on the day that the uh, the shootings happened in Las Vegas, and where I live here in Collinsop, gray rain. 38 degrees, I mean, just blah, and, but, you know, so it's kind of been of a downer of a day a little bit, but then this afternoon, we were actually able to connect with two dental assistants who live in Houston, and their house was affected by Hurricane Harvey. Uh, they suffered some flooding damage in their house, and they've been looking for ways to, you know, help uh, overcome that, and so other dental assistants around the country had been contributing to a fund that we set up at Ignite DA to hopefully help some people, and when we came across these two assistants who work at this practice in Houston, and Revenue Well, I want to thank them real quick, uh, Dina Zost, uh, she was awesome helping us yeah. find the assistants in need, you know, and, and so we were able to write them each a $300 check today. And, and it's not a lot, but it's enough to, to at least show that assistants care and that, you know, that can help go towards something that they need. And so, you know, it's still gray. It's still rainy. I've still got the news on mute. I mean, it's still kind of a blah day, but that was that little ray of sunshine that we were able to help somebody. So the assistants are going to be talking to me about their story, and so we're going to put that on Dentistry IQ just so people can see who they helped and how they did it. So nice. it's cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, make sure you give me that link, and I'll, um, cool. 
I'll put up the Facebook Live link so they can see it. But if you got uh, any more links on like that dentistry IQ thing, let me know and I'll add it to the show notes so people can uh, check it out. I will. Yeah, once it's up, uh, you know, I'm supposed to talk to them later in the week uh, as I'm in Buffalo. So uh, that'll be good. I'm looking forward to that. Well, yeah, that's right, Buffalo. You are you are shuffling off to Buffalo. I remember Shuffle away, that. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it was uh, Andrea Gollumbeck. So, Andrea, thank you for listening, and uh, and thank you for your concern. <laughs> we very much appreciate that. Um, so, you know, another uh, just to add to the kind of gray um, the gray day until we move on to our next topic. Um, our dear friend Stacy Aldmeyer, uh, who is uh, part of Speaking Consulting Network and also a member of ADOM, uh, Stacy lost her husband, and so uh, from from Kevin and I, we'd like to extend our um, condolences and and say we're sorry, and uh, hopefully you'll be uh, sort of back to some semblance of normal sometime soon. That's that's tough. I. I I don't know how that would be, Kevin. I really I don't. I can't imagine. I cannot. Uh, no, uh, certainly thoughts and prayers out to her. And, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I can't imagine what you're going through. Yeah. Well, and, and there, gosh, it's been kind of gloom and doom lately with the uh, not just uh, the hurricane and we were talking about the, the flooding. Um, we talked a little bit, and I don't want to spend more than really two minutes on it, but the um, the Las Vegas uh, shooting has just happened, and that is just awful. Um, I think I think it's fair to say that we are also um, thinking about all of the victims out there, and uh, it's just uh, Kevin. We we just talked about this about Vegas is so wide open. I mean, it really could it, it could happen a lot more often. Yeah, it's it's you know scary that we now live in a society where you start thinking about that a little bit. You know, I I remember um, you know the Columbine. Uh, shootings, you know, that was really the first time I think we all were wide awake to what could happen. Mm-hmm. And then the movie theater shooting here in Aurora, not far from where I live, uh, you know, I'll never forget my daughter. We went to a movie not long after that happened. And she, we sat down and she started looking around, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of panicky. And she said she was looking for the exits just in case something like that happened. And it just... I don't know. It hurt my heart that that's the that's the world that we live in now, where you've got to think about these things, and uh, you know, it, it's never going to be a part of normal life. But yet we hear about them so often. I wonder when we get desensitized to, you know, and just kind of shrug our shoulders and say, "Well, these things happen. You know, they shouldn't happen. There's no it's, way." It's a new normal for sure. I mean, we went to school. We had like what the tornado warning oh yeah really. like so that right. was really it right like we just rolled under the desk and made sure everything was okay yep. um and i know i mean my husband and i have had some some pretty serious arguments the two of us about whether or not noah should have had a phone at what age and all of that and i don't even care about the socializing thing my thought was it, it's exactly columbine you know god forbid he's stuck in the school and something's happening i would want him to have some way to communicate with the outside world um, and it was, you know, I, I I was very adamant that he had a phone just for that. And, you know, Norman's telling me I'm over overreacting, which is very strange because usually it's the other way around. Um, but did, I, did, go ahead. Does Noah have the active shooter drills at his school? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy to me that, yeah, we did tornadoes. You know, our parents did bomb, nuclear bombs, and now our yeah. kids are doing, you know, uh, active shooters. It's just crazy. 
it's a whole different it's a whole different way but i i definitely think you know oh and i know that there were days when we you know we would be upset with him and he would get in trouble or whatever and we would take his phone away and all all day i'm like oh my god he doesn't have his phone today's going to be the day um (laughs) i mean it's hard it's it's kind of funny because you know i'm being silly but that's kind of where you I worry about that. That whole Columbine oh, thing that kind of, that rocked us. Our whole the whole country was rocked by that. Yeah, it's and you know I don't think we've ever. I mean, you know Sandy Hook. You know I mean there, there's so many things that you can just say the names and you just kind of get a lump in the pit of your stomach. You know and and uh, sadly, this Vegas is going to be one of those. Uh, you know I've got uh, uh, my sister in law is flying in there tomorrow. You know it's supposed to be a fun week and you know hanging out with girlfriends and all that stuff. Oh and, wow. You know, and, and, you know, you think about how that things are just changed now. So mm. anyway. Well, one last thing about the, uh, the Aurora shooter, um, you know, Raina, who's my best friend, she, oh, yeah. she's in, she lives, um, she lived real close to there and her son, Skylar is just uh, two years older than my son. And, uh, I remember when it happened, everybody was blowing up her phone because, you know, they could have gone to the movies, Batman, that was the opening movie. Oh, and, absolutely, you know, yeah. so when we finally got in touch, when she finally started calling people back about three o'clock in the morning, about one o'clock your time, um, yeah. she was saying that, you know, Skylar and his friends had thought about going to the movies and that movie theater is exactly where they would have gone. So um, I kind of feel like, I mean, it's six degrees of separation, but that's just enough to say, you know what, that that's too close to home. All of it's just too close to home. It um, is. And that guy's nuts. Holy cow, that guy is nuts. Oh, that guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. But, you know, and, 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 again, I know we don't want to dwell on this, but, you know, the, the gentleman who did this, and I shouldn't say gentleman, the guy who did shooting today in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, no record, no nothing. That's the thing that always scares me is, you know, when it's just one of those why things. And you, mm-hmm. you, uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So somebody will write a book about it. Um, oh, it, yeah. it won't be me, and it won't be you. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe it will be you. I don't know. Um, no, I think I'm good. Uh, no, no, no I'm <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you know, I. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, we we both got our books, and I know that that's one thing we wanted to talk about today was yeah, yeah, was for each of us, and uh, yeah, so well, let's do and, it. you know. We wanted to talk about the books because we've had um, a couple people who have, well, I know they've reached out to me and they've said, you know, I want to write a book. How did you write your book? Yeah. Motivating Your Patients to Yes, Easy Insurance Conversations is the name of my book. Um, yours is Battling and Beating the Demons of Dental Assistance. Well, and we'll we'll have uh, both of the, the links in the show notes, but... <clears throat> We've had I've had people. You're just fresh out, so you'll get the same same people um, who will want to know how they did it because before you write a book, it's this big, scary, huge process. Like, and when you meet other people with books, you're kind of like, oh, I I want that book. I want a book. I've got so much that I could write. I need a book. And then for years, you just kind of go, nah, I'll write it later. You know. <laughs> so. Ooh. You yeah. know, let let's start with the the creative process. Like, so how long do you think it took you to to get all of your stuff together? <laughs> okay, so you know, <laughs> the thing is that you you and I have completely different backgrounds. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, sure. and, and you know, and and everybody does. So I want to preface this by saying, you know, I 
this is what I've always done is writing. I actually have my master's degree in journalism. So, you know, writing's always been a part of my DNA. So, you know, this the book that I did was based on the lecture that I give around the country. And, you know, I wanted it to be something that if you've never heard my lecture, that you could still get the same empowering message that if you showed up at Yankee or Chicago or wherever it might be. And so that's why I wrote my book. And it it took me two weeks. Um, but you know, the way that, the way that the publisher broke it down to me, and then I know you and I are going to have completely different tales and we did publishing completely different ways too, Mm -hmm. I know. Um, you know, but the way the publisher broke it down to me was if you can write a 1500 word article and you can write 10 of those, then you have 10 chapters of a book and basically your book is done. And whenever he explained it to me that way, it clicked in my head and I was like, well, gosh, I can write a 1,500-word article. That's, that's, that's not a hard thing for me. And so I set mm-hmm. aside a couple hours each day, and by the time two weeks was over, I had it all written. You know, uh, then obviously they put it all together. But, you know, I know that's completely different than, than how yours went. Well, but honestly, you know, 1,500 words, I know some people would go, oh, my gosh, that's even still too much. Um, but 1,500 words for a writer is nothing. I mean that's like one that's like Thursday it, for you, <laughs> right? It, it is, but it's also I in in my opinion, you know, and I've you know my wife Dana, uh, before she and I met, she had never written anything, she had never really felt comfortable doing that, and so one of the first exercises we did when we were dating, and she stuck around somehow. It's the amazing part is that she actually wrote some articles for me for when I was working with Dentistry IQ. And so I, I really helped her see that writing articles isn't isn't this horrific thing, you know. And and if you're really passionate about your subject and you really know your stuff, it's pretty easy to put down 1,500 words once you kind of get into it. So, uh, you know, I look at Dana now and she's blogging and she's doing all these different things. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the transformation once that Oh, I can do that. It's really not that bad, you know. Well, so yeah, I, I think people is, just need to. It, once you get past that hurdle, then that's that's a key. Well, she, yeah, she um, her blog is awesome. I mean, her blog is uh, I have it bookmarked. It's the Dentrix. Is it the Dentrix Office Manager? What is it? Yeah, the Dentrix you Office Manager it? blog. Yeah, you know? and uh, so, yeah, but you know, if you read that, you can hear her talking because again, those right. are the things that she's passionate about. And, you know, and, and it's just like any time that you write something, you know, for one of my publications back in the day, I could hear your voice in there because, again, you're passionate about insurance and you're passionate about getting the word out about that. And I think that if people find that passion, it'll come out in their writing if they'll just give it a chance. Yeah, I think the next book actually is going to be, it's either going to be easy financial conversations or it's going to be about office managers. I mean, I keep... Um, I have so much to say about being a good office manager and how to kind of protect your soul a little bit as an office manager because it's rough, you know, Um, kind of what you did with dental assistants. So that's I don't know which one's going to be the next book, Um, but I I do want to back up and comment that your your dating game is different and unique, Kevin. (laughs) You know, she went to In-N-Out Burger with me and wrote blogs. Yeah, I'm a wild I about, know. About it, yeah. Some someone's yeah. gonna make a movie about you starring Tom Hanks. I uh, see it. So and everyone will go right to sleep during that. You know that could be sponsored <laughs> as well. Going back 
to our last podcast. So anyway. That's right. Sponsored by Serta. <laughs> I love it. All right. So um, yeah. So we are we are a little bit different. My background is is not in journalism, but I did do a lot of writing um, through through college, and and I was actually that's how I made. Uh, beer money was I edited and um, proofread and did some tutoring and all of that during um, during college and so writing has always been um, a little bit easier for me than most and and I know that just because you've heard it talking to so many writers writing is very hard for a lot of people Um, and it's not that they don't have the ideas and it's not that they don't have it's it's a simple translating it onto paper I think that's the process is not as easy for some people. Um, and I think I have that to, to, I think I have my mom to thank for that. And I, I know she's not going to listen to this podcast because she's really not good <laughs> technologically. And I, it's actually a good thing because she would, you know, never let me hear the end of it for me praising her <laughs> for something. So, but, but she used to make me sit and write, you know, uh, vocabulary words and I'd have to make stories out of the vocabulary words. And I, I think it goes back to that. Um, how did you get good at writing? Uh, you know, I, I think it's, I, I wish I could tell you, my mom always was as well, uh, you know, but it was something that I remember being in sixth grade and through school, we had a newspaper, you know, it was, it was the old, uh, what are those things, mimeographs, is that what those things yeah, were yeah. called? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the elementary mimeograph there would shoot off, but I, I would write an article or two in there and I'm sure they were Pulitzer Prize winners, you know, but, uh. Yeah, it's just it's something that's always come very natural to me. Uh, so anybody who's listening, if you um, are not good at writing and you're automatically going, oh well, that's it. I'm never going to have a book. Don't that's stop because there's right. all sorts of ways to do it without actually writing writing. So um, oh. so your way, you 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 wrote the chapters and and they were collated and we're still not even through the whole process. So when. Right. Just for those who are not actually writers, you could actually do it my way, which was different. I mean, you and I, I think this is what's great about this episode is people can see there's yeah. totally different ways to do this. Um, yeah. So what I did was I used a company that took one of my webinars. So there was an option. They could take one of my webinars, and really it could be a webinar I had done, or it could be an hour of me talking on what I wanted to, and then they would they would uh, transcribe it put it into a format, chapter format, and all that kind of stuff. And so they pretty much transcribed it and chopped it up. Now, the the options also were that they would interview you, and then they would, the, the write-up from that interview is then what would become the book. So we, you know, there's a couple different ways that this company in particular does it. And so I just chose, I already had a webinar in the can. I talked so much about insurance conversations that I already had it recorded. Um, so it was sent off. And then when it came back, I questioned my sanity because um, I don't know if you've ever had anything transcribed, Kevin, but <laughs> the way you speak is not at all the way you write. And I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'll just clean up. And and I was horrified at <laughs> what came back, <laughs> and, which is okay because it's made me a better speaker. I definitely now I I I am way more aware of some of the stuff that used to come out of my mouth. So, um, so so they gave me this chunk of paper and said, you know, let's edit it. So when you got your book back, was it already edited? Was it? I mean, what did you it have was- to do to it? 
I mean, I, I wrote mine, and then they had an editor who edited it. And, and it was funny, because one of the things that the editor commented on was how folksy my uh, my writing was. And, you really? know, I tried... Yeah. You know, and I never thought of myself as folksy. I mean, I know I'm a you know an oaky at heart and all that stuff, but still, it was a little surprising. But, you know, I, I liked it because I felt like it was my voice coming through. And I felt like, you know, if, if you hear me lecture, you can hear me say these words. Uh, we got some cartoons from uh, a gentleman's estate who uh, specialized in dental cartoons to lead off every chapter. And, yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, I, I'm so thankful I worked with this company, uh, Indie Books International. Stuff behind the scenes that needs to have a book, that's where I felt like it was so important. Even though I'm very comfortable with publishing, that book is a whole different thing. And sure. so, so finding somebody who could kind of take the ball and run with it, uh, I was I was very happy to find them. Well, and, and so the the whole ISBN, yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second because yeah. that's that's a whole different thing too. The, so the editing, I thought, I, I definitely underestimated my time for editing, uh-huh. and in retrospect, I would have hired an editor, um, but because I got a little cocky. So in my, I was like, oh, I'm a good writer. I've done editing. I'll I'll just do my own, and and I should have hired an editor. So um, what I did was I I did have somebody on Fiverr just scan it for um, spelling mistakes. So that I did. But as far as a real life editor, I really should have should have spent the money on that. I should have sent it to this guy Kevin that I know, and I I didn't do that. So. <laughs> um so so i the editing took a lot of a lot of it out of me now um with that there's costs involved with that so um if i had wanted an editor i would have had to pay extra but not even paid extra i would have had to make sure that there was a time um enough time there because you know there's turnaround times and that's another thing that I would pay attention to if you're writing your book is what are your deadlines and what is your turnaround time um, and and then respect that because it's really easy for you to get a deadline and say oh I'm just I'll I'll get to that later um, you know and and when when the art department wants to look at the cover and and approve the cover you really need to pay attention to that because sometimes you have to get ske- scheduled back into the you know into the rotation to get your art worked on so who did the artwork for your book uh that was actually uh the company that i worked with they had they had a graphic designer they had an artist they had an editor i mean everything was in-house so that was one of the reasons why i chose to work with them is that it was kind of like going to walmart you know it's a one-stop shop and and it was all good well and and a lot of people would say well i'll find you know i'll i'll kind of assemble my team and i'm just saying to you guys right there just just go with one-stop shop just please (laughs) because (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, you know, but I think it's it. You know, one of the reasons I went with this company was, and I'm sure you did the same thing. You you talk to people about who they had good experiences with, you know, and and you kind of it's like Yelp or something where you kind of got those good or bad recommendations, you know. And and I had uh, a, enough dental people say this was a good company that I was like, okay, this is the one I'm going to go with. So. Yeah. You know, it's about doing your homework, and, and yeah, absolutely. I I definitely plug a one stop shop anytime. So the the artwork was interesting because um, you have to have some sort of idea of what you're going to 
want what you you want for the cover so um they'll give you kind of a gallery they'll tell you to go to the top 100 on amazon and get an idea of the colors and and the the shapes and all that kind of stuff um and and as always um i i didn't want that actually was a stopping block for me because creativity when it comes to visual creativity i'm not that i just stop i i just stop and it's a cold stop. I really kind of like almost dig my heels in the ground. I'm like, I don't want to do this because I'm not good at it. So um, luckily, my husband was kind of just kicking my ass about it. So that was good. Um, <laughs> he's like, no, no, you need to do this. And this one looks good. Oh, my God, that looks horrible. And so that was really good. Um, how many how many different covers did you go through? Uh, so they gave me four different options. Uh and then uh, I chose the one, uh, the red and blacks. So I thought it was the most striking. And then we had to do something. So if you see my book on, on Amazon or, you know, wherever, you're going to see a little demon guy on there, you know, and he's kind of, you're <laughs> laughing at you. The first incarnation of him, it actually looked like he was flipping you off. And I was like, <laughs> while we all feel that way, I probably shouldn't have that on my cover. So, you know, so we did some tweets <laughs> with the demon, you know, so. That's you know, just. Just little stuff along the way that it's one of those things I never thought I'd have to do that, you know. But but again, it, uh, yeah, I am not creative uh, as far as art or design. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure it's one of the reasons why my ex-wife, who's a graphic designer, divorced me was just for that reason. But you know, <laughs> I was real thankful to have a, uh, somebody who knew what they were doing uh, kind of say, "Here are the options. What do you think?" And and I was real happy to go, "Yep, number three, boom, done." Mm. Wow, yeah, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like uh, <clears throat> the, and honestly, if they had put something really ugly in front of me, I would I need someone to tell me that it's really ugly. Sure. So and yep. and so I it's definitely yeah. If if I, next time I do the cover, this is how lazy I am, Kevin. The next book I write, <laughs> I said, oh, we're just gonna make the cover in different colors, so it's the same series of books. It's just gonna look a little bit different. That's so. That's- Gutsy, I like it. <laughs> That's called <What>? lazy. So, <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So, so there's the 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 gathering of the information, the um, the editing. Definitely make sure that you include uh, a lot of time for that. And and by the way, everybody who's listening, this is not we're we're kind of speeding through it. This is a this is a process, and and it's not like you're gonna you know churn out a book in in a month. Um, now, I will say that the company I worked with is known for turning out books very easily because they do a lot of books for um, very small businesses like real estate and um, massage therapists and that kind of stuff where they need almost like a little booklet, and they, they do those really quickly. So so when you talk to a company and they say, oh, we can get you a book within you know 60 days or whatever – just know that that 60 days is totally dependent on your timeline and your availability because yeah. they could push it out in a week, honestly. It's the content, and that's you. Yeah. So, yeah, the, yeah, the speed is often determined by you. You're right. And, you know, and and, and I want to say I know that I, I invested quite a bit into doing it all in that one-stop shop, but to me the money spent was worth it just so I wouldn't have the hassle. And again, there's so many different ways to go about this and various ways to get the book ready to go. You know, I know Judy Kay did it differently than you, then did it different than Jean, Jenny Hegarty, you know, than me. So I mean there's so many different ways to do this. It's amazing. 
Well, and so now, so then they, they got everything together, and you got to get a an ISBN number, so they take care of that. Um, you need an ISBN number, especially if you want to put it onto Amazon, which you do. Um, and the Amazon pricing was a little bit, I, I know you and I, we, we talked about this a little bit ago and how it's a little bit different. So with when you buy it off of my website, um, there's a certain profit, which honestly, yep. it's not a huge seller. It's a $20, I mean, it's not a huge price. It's a $20 book. So it's not like I'm, you know, rolling in it over here. There's no Scrooge McDuck going on over Money here. Money bags. Yeah. <laughs> I may buy you a drink, Kevin, but I can't buy the whole dinner. You know, that's how it is. Um, so so with that, if, if we sell it on Amazon, then there's a little bit um, less taken out, too. So I, I make even less. So uh, the yeah. preference is in the marketing to always have people go to your site and buy it through your site. But in your setup, it's really the same because on your site, you have to pay for handling and like you have to pay them to ship it. You have a fulfillment center. Right. It's it's one of those, you know, yeah, you're saving a little bit of money, but you're also then investing some time, you know, Mm -hmm. so so it balances. At least I think so, Uh, you know, and. And that's tough. You know, I, I sold a couple of books today. Uh, people who heard me on uh, the podcast with Gary Takas, uh, you know, they, they contacted me directly to buy the book because I offered a special price instead of what was on Amazon. So that's great. I'm glad I sold the books. But at the same time, I went, oh, okay, now I, now I need to go to the post office or I need to get on stamps <laughs> and fill everything out, you know. So, again, it's just a balance, but, uh, you know, just another different way to skin the cat, I guess. Well, that's the thing. Amazon acts as your fulfillment center, and yep. so they mail out your book. And and I, so we, I mean, Amazon's easier, but I have this fulfillment center that lives in a man cave downstairs. And uh-huh. Norman, Norman will, you know, he handles all of that. So when an order is placed, we what we did is we ordered um, about eight hundred books. I think we're up to eight hundred now because we've ordered like three hundred. Then we had to order another three. I mean, I think we're up to eight hundred now. Um, that we just have on stock and and have had to to mail out and so when the order comes in he's got stamps.com up and ready to go and he he puts out a couple a day in the mail which is which is cool i mean that's nice um and then we track what's on amazon and and the bad thing is though that you don't see who buys it on amazon um so that's a bad thing so my advice to authors is that um, in on your book, and maybe in the first page or the last page, you know, wherever people flip to, and then also on the back cover of your book, t- have an offer because people who buy it through Amazon aren't automatically signed up for your newsletter. Whereas when they purchase something from me, they go into my sales funnel, um, the marketing funnel. So have some sort of offer on your back uh, on the back cover. It says, you know, visit this site for an exclusive download register for the newsletter and and you know the next time we we do a reprint we're going we're going to make sure that that's involved there we have all sorts of contact Teresa and here's the website and all that and I do see people coming to sign up but I think I'd have a stronger conversion if I had it directly as a call to action what they'll what they'll call a CTA a call to action of go to my website and sign up for the newsletter that's smart that's a real smart way to do it. Yeah, I, I did not do anything like that. And now looking back, I wish I had. Cause that's, well, that's next time. It. I mean, yeah, it's, no, not, it's not that I'm smart. It's just that I didn't include that the first time. I mean, so <laughs> we're all learning. It's, it's all, it's all yeah. learning. 
Absolutely. Um, so so there's so the the difference between selling on Amazon versus um, selling it independently. I don't see why you have to do either or. I think it's a good idea to do both. Um, our friend Christine Taxon, who does who sells her medical billing for dentistry, her medical dental billing modules are all on Amazon, and she says they sell more um, than they do off of her website, and she's fine with that because um, yeah. then because again they they do the fulfillment of it. So that's that's phenomenal. So really, it's about how much time you've got, and if you're a doctor who's got a busy practice, but you you know you're dipping your toe into the author world. Um, I don't know if you want to be running to the post office all the time. Right. You know, you know, that's that's one of the good things about what, what you and I do a, a lot is that we work from home. So, you know, if we need to, we can, uh, you know, but uh, but it's certainly something that I feel a lot better if somebody gets it from Amazon because then, yeah, everything's handled by them and, and I just sit here and keep working. Well, and now, so then there's the... Okay, so people who are listening, they've decided they're going to write this book because we've made it look really super easy. Oh, That's awesome. Of so they're going to they're going to write this book. They're going to get it going. It's going to arrive in their their hot little hands and then they're going to say, "What the heck? Now what do I do?" So now that you've got the book in your hand, Kevin, what what do we do now? Well, for me, uh, you know, it was about, okay, so what kind of marketing plan am I going to put together? You know, because you can have a book on Amazon, you can have a book on your website and everything else, but if nobody does, if nobody knows, doesn't know about it, then you're not going to sell it. So, you know, I wrote some articles, uh, and again, you know, for dental assistance, uh, because that is my, my target audience. At least I thought, I'll, you know, I'll mention that here in a minute, but, uh, so I would write articles for assistance and then always in the bio at the end, you know, hey, he's the author of this new book. Click here to learn more about it. Uh, you know, uh, did podcasts, uh, you know, Gary Takas and, uh, Justin Moody, a few other folks talked to them about the book. You know, and it's about establishing yourself as an expert. And every media company out there is always looking for people who are, and I'm using air quotes here, experts. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and I think it's really important. And everybody has a different take, even if it's on the same subject. You know, so uh, my advice to you is, if you want to get your word out about it, then you've got to put forth a little bit of extra effort to reach out to some of these. You know, publications, podcasts, newsletters, whatever it might be, and just say, you know, hey, I'd love to write about this. Can I put a plug at the end? You know, whatever it might be. There's a hustle. I mean, it's a hustle. Oh, yeah. You, you got to get get the word out. Um, cool. I, the podcasts have been phenomenal. Like I, I went on yeah. like you, with you, Gary Tekis. Um, Gary's gentleman and a scholar. He does a great yep. job with the podcast. And also, one thing people should learn from Gary, and I think, I mean, he's pretty much so respected with the podcast world, is that his marketing is awesome. In that, yes, you come on the show, but he also creates it, visuals for you to pump out. Yep. as you know Absolutely. as media for yourself as marketing for yourself and so um you know and i've i've had to do that with a couple other podcasts that i've been on but I, it was really appreciated that he had he had pushed that out to me and had it kind of ready to go um howard Ferran, when i went on howard's got a huge uh huge hit um as far as subscribers and uh to the newsletter and to and book sales so that was good um so you know thank you to howard and it's always <laughs> howard's always a crapshoot you never know which howard you're going to get um <laughs> being interviewed by but you know every people had scared me but it really it wasn't so bad so um and then yeah Justin Moody is did really that was a fun one and uh yeah. but I had I went on Alan Mead and um 
Jason Lipscomb's. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, that they're they're a lot of fun. And um, I think Alan is just he's got this this voice. He's got a voice perfect for podcasting. So uh, I might have to circle back and kind of force my way back onto their podcast because I had a good time with them. There's the, well, yeah. and and that's the thing is that there's always something new out there. I mean, my gosh, all the CDT changes that are coming up and and what's going on with insurance. My gosh, I think you could be on a podcast every couple of weeks and it'd be something different. Sure, you know, sure. So. Well, and so let's talk about uh, how else the book costs us money. So when you're a new author um, and you need to get the word out about your book, you have to send out free copies of the book. Um, you know, not to everybody, obviously, because you want to sell it, but there are people that strategically should get a free copy of your book. Sure. Um, and so I, we included that into the cost, um, you know, my estimates anyway. So, so when you sell your books, it's not like, oh, I'm making my money back. You have to think about all this other stuff, like mailing free books out. Um, so I, I targeted, um, first of all, people that I knew would appreciate the book and use it with their clients. And so, you know, all of my referral uh, doctors, not doctors, consultants, um, got a copy of it. And yep. then I sent it to the professional people that we work with all the time, which are the companies that I work with, the sponsors that I work with, so they can see that there's something else. And um, I, I was, it was, I had a conversation with a younger speaker and she's she's kind of new and she was like isn't that weird just sending your book to them and I said no no you have to think about it from this point of view companies are looking for ways to get their name out more so are you so this is a partnership this is sponsorship at its most basic level you know that it's a it's a partnership and so that that worked out really well and that I got a couple companies saying, okay, how about if I buy like 10, com 10 books for, you know, my new clients this month, we'll try it out. And then that became a more regular thing. So I've got some companies that routinely buy the book as a thank you or as a new, um, new dentist, part of their new dentist enrollment. So, um, and it helps them because they don't have to go through this training with their team. They can kind of assign it rather than having a, spending a whole bunch of time talking about insurance conversation so it works out really well um so you did you have a go-to list that you were sending out to you know, I, I have my email list you know i have the group that i've uh, i've put together uh, ignite da has an email uh, an email list as well that we blasted the book out to which was great you know and then uh one of the things that i'm doing you know you and i also pitch our services to study clubs and dental mm -hmm. meetings around the country and so I do a monthly newsletter to uh, to these kind of associations, and of course, that was one of the lead stories. And the the most recent newsletter was, "Oh my gosh, he's got a book!" Uh, you know, one thing that I was told when I started doing this, and I thought it was a really good analogy, is that this is the most ex expensive business card I'll ever have. <laughs> but you know, if people want to know really what I'm about, you know, here's a book. Here's my here's here's about me, and here's about my passion. Sure. And and that's really resonated with me. And, and you know, and you know, Care Credit. I know that they are great sponsors of mine. They're great sponsors of yours. You know, and and the great thing is that you know, whenever we do a book signing, it brings people into the exhibit hall. You know, after our lecture, and so that's a plus for meeting planners as well. It's knowing that. Well, in the meeting planners, you know, that actually um, I read this on, on some NSA 
Facebook group, National Speakers Association Facebook group, but <clears throat> they had sent a copy back to uh, to every meeting planner that they'd ever worked with. And, you know, that's that's a lot. You and I have been doing this a lot. It's a lot. So I, yeah. I went back and I looked at my list of places that I really enjoyed speaking. Um, not not the big associations because that's a that's different. I'll talk about that in a second. But the the study clubs um, yep. and the the small local societies like the Virginia Dental Association, you know, that that type of that size and smaller. Um, so I took the time to handwrite um, notes to them um, that just basically was like, hey, you know, this is my newest venture. Let me know if you'd ever want to talk about it. That was it, really. There was no nothing harder than that. Um, sent that out, and within two weeks, I had four calls from study clubs that I had spoken at before. And, you know, I didn't send it to any study clubs that I didn't enjoy. I didn't send it to the study clubs that were kind of grinchy with honorarium. I, I sent them to the study clubs I really loved. Um, so going back to them is is awesome. Um, so that so that's a tip for you if you're if you're a speaker and you're looking to do that. That's another way of kind of putting your foot in the door. Um, and then what had happened is one or two emailed to say thank you so much for the book. Um, I'm going to pass it on to whomever. Well then that turns into my my calendar. I calendar myself a follow up on that. And then it's 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 a hustle, like you said. It's you know it's not a bad thing. It's not like I've got on some pimp coat or anything like that. It's not a bad right. hustle. This is this is just how you do business. Um, so have you? So you've you've done that. You've you've sent out uh, information yeah. to study clubs, and, and is that working for you? You think you're chasing some down? Yeah, it is. You know, and, and I mean, it's it, it's something new to talk about with them. You know, and and I mean, like you said, you may have spoken for a study club in the past. Or, you know, they may go, well, we know everything there is to know about Teresa or Kevin or whatever, but all of a sudden now you've got something brand new. It's like, oh, yeah, well, what about this? You know, and you mm-hmm. kind of pull, the, you know, pull out, uh, you know, the, the new thing. And, and it definitely draws some interest, uh, you know, which, which has been a nice way to get back in, like you said, with some old friends, definitely. Well, and so the big associations are a little bit different because typically you have um, – on the the steering committee, the the education committee, it's rotating doctors. So the doctor who invited you to speak one year or three years ago is probably not even involved anymore in that you know in the in the upper parts of that association. So you're you you're sending a book to piece somebody who it's great that they appreciate it. That's fine, but they really don't. They're not in the position to bring you back. Um, there were a couple people from CDA that. Um, you know, I know are not on there, but they were so kind to me and, and did, you know, really put their, they stretched and invited me to come when I was kind of a nobody, really. Um, and so I did send them books. But so you need to find out who who is the executive director. And then the note, again, handwritten note, um, and I would send it out and it would say, um, <clears throat> it would say, this is I've spoken for your association way back in whatever and put the date um I'd love to come back um I don't know who or could you pass this on to I'm I'm kind of going off the cuff here but could you pass this on to the head of the education committee and and then follow up I would follow up about two or three weeks later with you know I did you receive the book and and I'd love to talk to whomever is on the education and that that's about a 50 percent um rate of success there which is still not bad 
Um, so, you know, chasing down those leads. But, but yeah, for the big shows, they change, they change people a lot. Um, yep. You know, like our friend up at uh, Pacific Northwest, Craig Matthews is no longer there. There's a, another lady there, and I'm yeah. very sad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that you build relationships, and then all of a sudden a brand-new person comes in, they're like, well, wait, who's this? You know, and yeah. they don't know, know us from Adam. So it is about rebuilding the relationship, and uh, it's not always easy, for sure. Well, and, you know, you're, you're almost like to the – you almost want to say – because I did, I, I reached out to that uh, to her her um, email. You were kind enough to pass her email along yeah. to me, and I, I reached out and I said, you know, hey, I used to work very closely with Craig, and it's almost like really what I'm saying in the in the email is Craig really liked me. You should like me yeah, too. Yeah, I swear. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he liked me. Uh, oh no, I get that. You know, my mine right now is the Arizona meeting. You know, I had such a great relationship with the Western Regional folks. Spoke there twice. And then they they got a new meeting planner in, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, uh, uh, what am I, chopped liver? You know, I feel like that. That's no I, good. But That's no bueno. That's not a no, good feeling. But it's not. But you know, now I'm like, oh, but I've got a book. You know, <laughs> so I mean, that will help melt some of the ice in there. You know, that's my plan. Yeah, for sure. So, so the marketing pieces, um, it's and we we haven't even touched on all the different ways. Oh, and you can market the book. I mean, you can. So I, all of our fellow speakers, um, Rachel Wall, Christine, Laura Hatch, I've sent them all copies of the book to give away in courses, and it, and it's cool for them because they can um, then say, you know, here's a raffle. I'd like to. I mean, everybody loves to get stuff, um, and it's good for me because it gets my book out there um and and it's the same back like i have a couple of michelle's books that i'm going to use i've given away rachel's books i mean it, it's us authors are kind of even we're even kind of banding together on this i mean when laura hatch has a book eventually she's going to have a book then i'll be happy to do the same thing for her um actually i look i would look forward to reading a book by laura she's probably got a lot of stories to tell oh, um, that. kidding me what you know, she is. Um, what what ends up happening with Laura is that she's so approachable that people just want to talk to her. So I'm sure she hears all sorts of crazy stuff. And and honestly, that's the stuff you want to write a book about. So um, I think in another 15 years, when I'm about to say, you know, I'm done with all of this, I'm going to write the juiciest book ever. Um, <laughs> so you can contribute to that, Kevin, if you'd like. Oh, I would be glad to contribute to that. <laughs> we'll we'll blow apart the the publishing industry, the the trade show industry, and all sorts of stuff. So there's people um, listening who should be very afraid about that, but uh, that'd be fun. So yeah, if the hairs on the back of your neck stood up, that's a problem. No, I'm kidding. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so okay, so so do you have to um, do you have a stock of books then? Do you do you reorder the books over and over I again? Did. So I have my 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 share here at my house, and like you said, I send them out to to people that I think you know to friends, but also to people that will help me grow my business, and that's important to me uh, is to do that. So yeah, I have a stock here at the house, and you know I'll, I'll certainly reorder from the publishing company, and you know it's important to me that I have those. Uh, you know, the other night I spoke at the Colorado Springs meeting and sold twenty seven books while I was down there. You know, so it's important. For me, anytime that I'm going somewhere to speak, that I have the books there as well. Excellent. And you and do you take uh, you do the credit card process processing on the road? Uh, I do. I've got the the, uh, uh, the stripe. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, uh, 
Yep, and PayPal. Uh, so it just clicks right into my PayPal account. It's real simple, real easy. And the good thing is that people are so used to paying now with, with credit card and swiping that, you know, nobody thinks second about it. Oh, that's a whole different conversation, that whole Equifax thing. My gosh. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's something. 2017 needs to come to an end. So that's uh there's been some funky stuff happening. So and uh, I'm sorry to say I heard the news today. Uh, Tom Petty has passed away. Um, yeah. That was uh, that was tough. That was really tough to hear. Um, are you a are you a Petty fan? Yeah, you know I, I I've never seen him in concerts and uh, you know but but certainly his music uh, absolutely it's hard not, it's hard not to be a Tom Petty fan at least I think so. Well, uh, no, I'm a, I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. I've seen him probably about seven or eight times. Um, he is, I mean, just the, hands down, and I've said this forever. He's hands down the best live show I've ever been to, and I've been to a lot. Um, because I worked in, when I was a teenager and, and in early of college, I worked at a record store way back when they were record stores. Um, and, and I got, you know, tickets all the time to go to shows and, and I've seen Tom Petty a million times, it seems. And so when I heard this, this was, this was tough. Like, and you know who else? It was hard to hear two people. Um, Prince, I had a hard time with Prince passing away. Yeah, I had a really tough. hard time with Chris Cornell pars- passing away. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just the voice, and so I. But we're at this age now where it's it's happening. <laughs> it's it sucks, but it's happening. It 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 is, and, and it's you know whenever whenever these people that we grew up with all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, Dane and I went to go hear uh, Rob Lowe does a monologue, and so he was in Denver last night, and we went oh, to wow. hear him, and you know. He showed a lot of clips of like The Outsiders, and you know, and you think about all these movies that that I love so much growing up about last night, you know, all these things. And there's Patrick Swayze, you know, he's gone, and uh, you know, it's it's just a a reminder that yeah, we need to uh, need to get out all life that we can for sure. Well, and I had oh gosh, you, when you said The Outsiders, I had an immediate flash of um, I had a big crush on Matt Dillon. Oh, uh, he was. He was yeah, a very yeah. he was a very sexy man. So how, who who was your any of those guys? Are you kidding? Well, well I mean very... the way you date. I mean you make people do exercises, writing exercises. <laughs> I I think that that is you know. What? But so who, That's why when I you were write, write a marriage book, so you're right there. So <laughs> <laughs> when you when you were growing up, who was oh. your who was oh. your movie what? crush? It let me guess. Let me guess here. Hold on. Okay. There's uh, the the girl who was uh, in Howard the Duck. Everybody seemed to like her. Oh, geez, who was that? You know, uh, that Leah something. Leah something. Oh, yeah, yeah, Leah Thompson. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Leah, or Leah was it was it Molly Ringwald? Yeah, I was not a Molly. I've never been a redhead guy. Never have been. Um, you know, my first one was probably either Daisy Duke or Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. You know, either oh. one of those definitely. <laughs> You know, that's dating myself there for sure. But you know, no, that's that's Norman's. That's Norman. Well, Norman would go to his grave with. He would leave me if Linda Carter today said, "Let's run away." <laughs> he loves well, Linda Carter. <laughs> well, and now my crush is Gal Gadot. I'm just telling you, you know. And, and I oh, told yeah. that, hey, just warning you right now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I have you know, a suggestion, Dana, the lovely bride, if she is listening, then you know what to wear for Halloween because, there you, go, exactly. you know, there you go. So, <laughs> Buddy. 
Oh, but, man, I tell you. Yeah, all those 80s movies were so, um, wow. You know, the, the girl in Weird Science was, was interesting. Anyway. Wow! Oh, yeah, she had. I remember her. She was uh, Kelly. Gosh, Kelly something. Kelly, yeah. What was her name? Kelly. Oh, uh, man. And then she went on to to be in a bunch of movies with Steven Seagal, and I think she actually married him at one point. Kelly McGill. Kelly McGillis. Kelly. Mm, oh boy. No, Kelly McGillis was in uh, Top Gun. Wasn't that the Top Gun girl? May have been the Top Gun girl. Yeah, but I I know who you're talking about. She's got the lips, like she has the absolutely. See, you know, yeah, I totally know. Yeah, because well, because weird science, we're we were nerds. We watched that stuff. Oh God! Remember when Chad turned into a turd? That was like the funniest. That was the best. (laughs) So there's yeah, I mean they don't make '80s movies like they do anymore. I mean, it's just, it's so different. And we watched, I made my son watch 16 Candles, you know, maybe like a year ago. And he was like, this is so stupid. I was like, no, just, I'm telling you, 20 minutes, give me 20 minutes. And he was rolling. He was laughing so hard. Um, So it's, you know, humor. There's humor at every age and in every, every genre. So. Yeah. And, you know, and Julia, Julia suddenly liked uh, 16 Candles and and that whole genre as well. You know, all of a sudden, well, maybe we didn't have it. So we weren't so dumb back then. But <laughs> yeah, there's there's the whole thing. We should yeah, we should keep doing. We we always talk about doing this guilty pleasures and movie thing, and we just we need to make sure we do this. We do need point. to do that at some point. I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, horror movies and guilty pleasures and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, and then we'll see what iTunes categorizes us as. It'll probably <laughs> is there is there a turd category on iTunes? Because. <laughs> We'll move into a whole different genre here on the podcast for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, so so wrap up this um, this book here thing. So yeah. Kevin, if somebody said to you, "All right, I'm going to write a book tomorrow," what's the first thing I do? What's the first thing? What do you think? What, uh, what would you tell? I, I, the first thing I would do is find professionals who can help you. Uh, I would think that you know don't get discouraged. Number one, and number two is find it, find people that you connect with in the publishing industry and that will help guide you so that if you do hit one of those hurdles and you're ready to throw in the pen that you know they they will help you get through it i think that's really important yeah that's that's good that's good advice for sure um and i i would say um make sure that you every day you're doing something towards the book even if you have um the big word document up and you never close it you keep it up um, save often, of course, but nice. keep it up and keep it up on your screen because if you close it, it's very easy to forget it and put it off and put it off. But it's for me when I leave it up, it, it stays up. Um, but I, I would say every day you think of content. Every day you're thinking about the book when you when you're ready to write a book. That's this is what happens. You you don't stop thinking about the book, and so every day you're thinking about it. So every day make sure you write something down about it and then and, and it's baby steps um but i think the most important thing to do is start I, th- I think you have to start um and and it will it will flow it will flow yeah. so i mean for crying out loud if you and i can write a book <laughs> exactly seriously i agree with you <laughs> so and uh we'll go ahead and put in the notes um all of the different authors that we talked about because uh, i know rachel wall christine Taxon, uh, Jenny Hegarty, um, of course you, Kevin. Who else has written a book? Rachel Mele. Is that how you say her yeah. last name, Mele? Uh, Mele. Mele, sorry. She's written sorry. a book. Um, there's a, um, Susan Gunn has written a book, so I'll yeah. include links to all of oh these God. people. Yeah. 
Susan's written like 23. I mean, she's a oh, machine. Sure. Hey, Susan's like, yawn, here we go again. I you know. know. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Friday, I should write another book, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so, so I'll include all of that because there's all sorts of different styles and there's all sorts of different results. I mean, I, I got away with writing a book that was under 100 pages. Um, Christine can't do that. She's medical billing. She needs a thicker book. Jenny's is, I think, over 100. How many pages does yours come out to? Uh, 120, I think it was. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you don't need to write like a, you know, you don't need to write War and Peace. Uh, you start right. with something. So, um, exactly. so I think hopefully that's given you enough, um, some information to to get started with it, and and hopefully, uh, no, you won't be able to look back and say, well, nobody told me I should have done that because we covered that. Um, and and I think Kevin will probably dig in a little bit deeper on on some of the marketing as as yeah, time goes great. on as. Yeah, as we discover like what's worked and what hasn't, and um, I'd really, you know, what I really would love to do is to get Rachel on here to talk about the whole book process. That would um, be good. I, I think she'd, I think she'd love it. She's so open about so many things. Um, all right, so we're gonna wrap it up. If you guys, uh, if you really like what you're hearing, make sure you go and, and review and rate the podcast. We'd, we'd appreciate it and get the word out. Uh, make sure that you tell your friends that you're listening to something really cool and new. And uh, we will talk to you on the next episode of Nobody Told Me That. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com. That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books, and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that.